and welcome to The Pod. I'm Nathan Fink. I'm Jasmine Torres-Allen, and this is New Hampshire Family Now. A show about building family in the Granite State. Today in The Pod, Jasmine and I make music for family routine. New Hampshire Kid Governor Hayden Simmons and Program Coordinator Joanne Robichaux drop by to discuss the importance of civic engagement. And later, Kristen Van Ostern delivers load after load of love. New Hampshire Family Now is brought to you by the New Hampshire Charitable Foundation. Since 1962, the Charitable Foundation has worked hand-in-hand with generous and visionary citizens to maximize the power of giving and support, collaborate, and lead innovative initiatives. Initiatives like New Hampshire Tomorrow, which is focused on making sure children and families have access to education, health care, and career pathways to ensure every family member thrives. To learn more about New Hampshire Charitable Foundation and all their initiatives, go to www. Dot nhcf.org. This podcast was also brought to you by Family Support New Hampshire. Family Support New Hampshire is NH's coalition of family resource centers and family strengthening programs that exist to ensure Granite State families have access to resources so both caregivers and children can succeed because supported families are strong families. To find a family resource center near you, visit www.fsnh.org. I Googled myself for the first time this week. Yeah. And? <laughs> and I was really surprised. I was like, oh, this looks good. I was like, thank God. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the podcast. We have a lot to do today, including getting to a New Hampshire Kid Governor and Loads of Love, an incredible program in Manchester for our unhoused community. But first, Jasmine Torres Allen. Hey. How you doing? <laughs> good. I'm so good. How are you? I've been great. I've been really good. Yeah. Yeah. Doing my learning. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what I learned is that Chicago, I just got back from Chicago. Chicago was freezing. Oh. Yeah, so we were traveling for a wedding and I got to tell you, like, it just occurred to me that no matter how messy and chaotic our life is, we have so many expectations and we have so many needs from our kids. Yes, especially, I mean, you know, going on vacation with your kids is not really a vacation. No, I was just going to say. It's just (laughs) caregiving in a different place. Caregiving in a different (laughs) place. So I need to know because you have turned into my parent therapist. (laughs) That's funny. I need to figure out a way how to, in a disorganized and and hectic situation, create routine. Well, you know what my favorite and like ultimately funniest way to incorporate routines is? Music. What? Yes, music. And the sillier you are, the better because kids love funny. They love comedy. And so incorporating music into your daily routine, like brushing your teeth. I, I think I make a different tune to brushing your teeth almost every morning. Oh my gosh. But it works because it gets them to smile and actually get like in and so Uh and it's also a good way like when tensions are hard and you're like you gotta get your shoes on you know what I mean or like you gotta get your you know put your jacket on or something like that and you get like that that moment of frustration because maybe it's the third or fourth time you've said it oh you think (laughs) only the third or fourth time Um, you know if you start to sing like hey like put your jacket on get your shoes on you know like come up with a tune and you'll start to see the stress from you and from your child start to kind of melt away and you start to kind of laugh and giggle and not take yourself so seriously because sometimes we get into the routines and remember it's our timing that we're you know thinking about it's our clock it's not their clock and so you know for them they're just learning our clock and it takes time it takes time okay so you say music I say absolutely and then I think Oh, that's too big to even understand. Like music, of course, music. But let's break this down into 
component pieces yes. or steps or tips. Yeah. So what are three simple tips to get to incorporating music into creating a routine? Um, so have a little mini jam session. If you have like toy instruments at home or maybe you like, you know, to drum or, or you, maybe you're a musician and you have guitars and stuff like it, break that stuff out and have a little mini jam session. I know that uh, I listen to a lot of kids bop mm-hmm. and, and I'll pop on some kids bop and we'll have a dance party and we'll get the wiggles out and it gives your child a chance to interact with you in a fun way in a silly way and explore you know their bodies through movement which is really important especially if you have a very active child like yeah, I do me too okay so we got have a jam session yes check we also have creating music to a daily routine so brushing your teeth like brush 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 those teeth you know so what I'm I mean? hearing lyrics I yeah, gotta work on lyrics like you start to come up with lyrics or you know sit down and write lyrics to maybe a math problem. You guys are working on a math problem or maybe there's a hard word to say. You incorporate that into a lyric and start singing it together. (laughs) And the sillier, the better, because it sticks in your brain. Music helps keep memory going. It gets you creative, right? And it also helps your child determine emotional responses as well through pitch and tone. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you can start to kind of see them relate sad music to sad times or happy music to happy times and you know dance party music to dancing time <laughs> yeah okay so i'm thinking about this because lyrics yeah it makes sense it seems like it makes sense that we pick our music and then start to write lyrics to it yeah and it's a lot of fun because um you can think of it as like mad libs you can start with a with a concept like say you know all right let's write a song to us walking down a hill or something like that you can start with a concept and have them fill in the concept and see the song get sillier and sillier and sillier and it's just a lot of fun to incorporate that laughter it really seems like what we're doing with music then is creating these like frames yeah. or reference points. Yeah, absolutely. Because you get to role model like how to interact with each other through, you can do that through music. And yeah. so even when you do that mini jam session, you break out all the toy instruments. You know, I know with my son, we struggle with gentle, like being gentle with our toys. And so I know that having a mini jam session and showing him and modeling the behavior of like how to handle your toys and how to have fun with them without breaking them, mm. then that's a good way to create a model or a framework of how to be with each other yeah. and how to treat our things. And productively, like yeah. so they're made like drums. So my oldest is getting into drums and I think he'd be an excellent drummer mm. if he wants to. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that is meant to be struck. Yes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, exactly. But think of it as an outlet. You know what I mean? Our bodies need to put our stress somewhere and our kids feel stressed throughout the day. You know, we yeah. can't expect them to, to just be happy, go lucky all the time and especially when they come home they need that creative space as well see this is why I asked literally (laughs) hello 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 we should write a song about something you don't like to do so it makes it easier oh brushing my teeth and we gotta find some music what do you say can I get a high five ow there you go your penmanship's amazing. Uh-huh. Good job. You want to sing it with me? Ready? We can brush our teeth if we want to and leave that breath behind. If you brush your teeth, then I brush my teeth. You're certainly a friend of mine. 
And when we come back, we welcome Hayden Simmons and Joanne Robichaud. Don't go anywhere. Today's episode was brought to you by Upreach Therapeutic Equestrian Center. Located in Goffstown, New Hampshire, Upreach partners with the power of horse to create strong children, strong families, and strong communities. To learn more about Upreach Therapeutic Equestrian Center and its many inspirational programs, visit UpreachTEC.org. That's UpreachTEC.org. Today's show was also brought to you by Burgu Media, a full-service media company dedicated to helping nonprofits realize impact stories for print, video, social and legacy media and more both budget conscious and grant friendly Burgu Media helps your organization celebrate the humans in human services learn more at burgumedia.com Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today on the show, I'm thrilled to welcome New Hampshire's Kid Governor, Hayden Simmons and Joanne Robichaud, Project Coordinator for New Hampshire's Kid Governor, a national award-winning civics program for fifth graders created by the Connecticut Democracy Center. Hayden, Joanne, welcome to the show. Thank you for having Hayden Simmons at the New Hampshire Kid Governor 2023 and I on your show today to discuss this wonderful fifth grade curriculum program. Yes, thank you for having me on the show today. I am looking forward to sharing my platform of ending poverty and hunger in New Hampshire with you, as well as telling you what myself and my cabinet have been up to. Joanne, let me start with you. Um, Tell me just a little bit about the program and how it functions. Well, I work for a company called New Hampshire Civics, nonprofit organization, uh, nonpartisan, and their main mission is to bring more civic education into the school system. So this civic education program immerses students in learning about state government, elections, voting, civic participation through a real life election of our state kid governor. Mm. New Hampshire Kid Governor is an annual program that offers schools the opportunity to enter one student candidate into a statewide election that other fifth graders vote on. Classes can vote in the election, nominate a classmate to run for the office or they can do both. This fifth graders research community issues that they care about. They create three point platforms to address those issues, just like Hayden has, and makes campaign videos. Students run primaries to select nominees and each school's winner advances to the statewide election. In November, fifth graders evaluate the online campaign videos of the seven finalists and the one that has the most votes serves a one-year term of leadership and advocacy, which is what Hayden has been doing. We've been keeping her very busy. (laughs) The six other finalists become the kid governor's cabinet. This year, Hayden Simmons, our New Hampshire kid governor, she ran on the platform of ending poverty and hunger in New Hampshire. Well, there's so many issues it feels like to choose from. Did you have trouble trying to choose? Yes, but the teachers sometimes will help you brainstorm and let you write down many ideas. But immediately I was drawn to poverty and hunger. But I thought back to when my mom was telling me about when she was little. She sometimes didn't know when her next meal might be. And she suffered from poverty and hunger as a young child. I also thought back to COVID when I used to donate to the grocery store and they would bring it to the local food pantry 
surgery and it just made me feel so happy. And I figured if I could do that for a full year, that would be amazing. So you have a personal attachment to this issue. So what are some of the solutions or some of the things that we can do in order to address this particular issue? Well, my platform is Poverty and Hunger, but my executive council is also working on their issues such as environmental protection and vaping in schools. But while working with Community Action, I learned that summer is the hardest time for food insecure families because children aren't in school, so they don't have access to the free meal programs. So they're not getting the school breakfast or lunch. Also, people sometimes are on vacation and they don't remember to donate as much as they do during the season of giving in at Christmas and Thanksgiving. So I hope to do more food drives. I have done two food drives and participated in one other with the Plasto Lions Club. And you had mentioned earlier, too, that you you have a, a fascination with reading. Let's talk about that a bit. So what are you working on with the reading programs? So the reading program at the Plasto Public Library was a program where the children were able to read books and get prizes for their reading. They sometimes had specific books they could read and you got prizes for like 120 minutes a week or you could get a prize, which was often a raffle ticket that you could put in one of the many raffle prize buckets. But I helped with this by bringing a food drive into this where like one food item would be one would equal one raffle ticket. So if you brought in 10 food items, you could get 10 raffle tickets. Oh my gosh. Now being New Hampshire's kid governor for a year must bring you in contact with more issues. So now that you are in this position, now that you are thinking about it, what does it feel like it gives you in terms of awareness? It definitely opens my perspective of like how lucky some people are to not have a lot of issues, I want to say. Finding a home. Yeah, finding a home, getting food, getting clothes and necessities, toilet paper. Like some people are super lucky, but I also look at things like environmental protection and I realize how much that we actually hurt the environment without noticing it. Mm. I realize that just sometimes even everyday cooking or like depending on if we accidentally put a plastic water bottle in the trash can, Mm -hmm. it's hurting the planet and we don't even notice it. I think this is an incredibly important program, right? So why fifth grade? Why civics? Why is this something that we need to look at now? New Hampshire Kid Governor is a program that originated in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And now there's an affiliation in Oklahoma and Oregon and Georgia. It's growing throughout the nation. Massachusetts. Well, we're we're hoping to bring it to Massachusetts as well. But here in New Hampshire, the fifth grade program has been in place for the last five years. Um, today, we hear a call for a better understanding of civics and more participation in mm-hmm. civic life. Uh, well, participation in civic life begins with the belief that one person can make a difference, like Hayden is making this year. But that person needs more than just passion for their cause, which Hayden definitely has. Effective change makers understand how government works, the power of research, the importance of critical thinking, and the role of people in a community. They recognize the value of speaking up, being informed, and voting. The more younger students learn and internalize these lessons, the better off that all of our states will be. This program, New Hampshire Kid Governor, is more than just a contest and is not just about this position of the governor. It's students learning important lessons about state government, voting, elections, and civic participation. 
Well, I very much appreciate both of you coming on the show today. If we wanted to know more about New Hampshire's kid governor, where do we go? Well, our main website is nh.kidgovernor.org. And you can go there to learn about Hayden and her cabinet and what they've done this year, past kid governors and what they have done. And also for fifth grade teachers to sign up for the program. It is a free program where we supply all of the materials um, and the support. And um, they can also follow us on our social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube social media sites. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. It's been amazing. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. And when we come back, Kristen Van Ostern shows us how one organization is working to combat hunger and poverty. Don't go anywhere. This podcast was brought to you by Nixon Peabody, who delivers exceptional legal services for clients in the community by combining high performance an entrepreneurial spirit, deep engagement, and an unwavering commitment to a culture of collaboration, diversity, and humanity. Nixon Peabody works with universities, hospitals, and nonprofits of every size to maximize impact. For more information, visit nixonpeabody.com. Many thanks to New Hampshire's Office of Social and Emotional Wellness for sponsoring this podcast. Started within New Hampshire's Department of Education, the Office of Social and Emotional Wellness consolidates policy development and implements projects and programs that are focused on health and wellness with an emphasis on behavioral health of all students, youth, and families. To learn more about the Department of Education and its many programs and approaches, visit www.education.nh.gov. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined by Kristen Van Ostern, who, among other things, is the owner of Wash Street, an innovative way to do laundry that also made news recently through the Loads of Love Night in Manchester. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So I have to say, when I first read that story about you and Wash Street in Manchester, Inklink, I couldn't help but smile. Can you tell me a little bit about Loads of Love, what it is, and what brought about its inception? Sure, I would love to. And I have been smiling a lot, too, based on the reactions and support that we've gotten from that story, which was originally on... Uh, New Hampshire Public Radio. So um, Loads of Love is a program that Wash Street created about a year ago. Two nights a week, we open up our doors to allow our neighbors who don't have secure housing and don't have access to laundry to come in and use our washers and dryers for a couple hours. In addition to uh, being able to get a load or two of laundry done, they also have access to a warm meal and then also to donations that we collect of clothing, of blankets, um, of other items that are requested by the community. And actually, let me let me back up and tell you what Wash Street is so that you <laughs> might wonder why do we have washers and dryers? So Wash Street is a laundry services company. Uh, primarily, we do pickup and delivery of wash and fold and dry cleaning throughout New Hampshire. But we also operate a traditional laundromat in downtown Manchester on Elm Street. And so our season, um, we have some seasonality in our business. Summer is super, super busy for us. And about a year ago, at the end of that season, we said we've, we usually have our washers running from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. Mm. And 
in the summertime, they run that entire time. In fact, we actually have to close our laundromat in the summer. We're so busy with wash and fold. And so as the season transitions, we look at this excess capacity and say, are there other customers who could fill it from the for-profit side? Or is there any way that we could make use of that excess capacity and give it back to people in our community who uh, don't have access to washers and dryers or can't afford to come in and be paying customers? And so we'd actually been struggling for a couple years with how best to help those, those folks in our community. And one of our employees came up with this great idea for Loads of Love and it started slow. First, we offered it one night, we offered it temporarily, and then eventually we figured out how to be able to do it two nights a week, which we've been doing for the last year. Elm Street is a great location for this, too. You're right down the road from our friends at the Mental Health Center of Greater Manchester, uh, who have a, a dear place in my heart. Um, now, in that interview, you described, you know, this providing our unhoused community with clean clothes as a basic human right. And I'd love if you can to expound on that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think for those of us who have clean clothes to wear every day, and maybe you're even lucky enough to have clean clothes to show up in your drawers for your closets, depending on who does the laundry in your family. But I think most of us take that for granted. But if you are someone who is struggling with finding a new apartment or place to live, or if you're trying really hard to figure out how to find a new job or how to do some work, if you don't have clean clothes, your chances of being successful in any of those ventures is much, much lower. So I care a lot about, you know, and at Wall Street, we care a lot about helping really busy families figure out how to make sure they can have clean clothes. And I, I believe that clean clothes are a, a basic marker of human dignity. I think there's a lot of self-confidence that comes from knowing that you're presenting yourself in a way that other people are, are going to respect. And so I really think it's it's a pretty basic human dignity to be able to have clean clothes. And, and then there's also the public health aspect of it. So, you know, during the pandemic, laundromats were able to stay open. And that's because it's pretty broadly recognized that making sure people have clean clothes and clean linens is really important for public health as well. Yeah, I, I would think that this is one of those topics that you don't know how critical it is until you don't have it. Now, I know you've worked uh, and are still working in the capacity uh, of a chief financial officer, which makes me wonder about this from a business sense, like that bottom line sense. How can you afford this generosity, right? And why is that a community investment worth making? So, yeah, my, my background is in corporate finance. And so I came to the laundry industry thinking a lot about cost accounting and things like fixed costs and variable costs. And so I can really drill down on this program, Loads of Love, and know what it's costing Wash Street from a fixed cost perspective and from a variable cost perspective. And the variable costs are really people who are organizing the program, the laundry detergent that we do provide to folks for free, you know, dryer sheets and things like that. The food is all is all donated. So the warm uh, meals are all donated by folks. And then our customers are the ones who are donating the clothing and the blankets and the other supplies. Mm. And so when you really just boil it down to those variable costs around people and um, and laundry detergent, you know, that was a cost I was willing to take on. Wash Street was willing to take on. And like I said earlier, it's we for a very long time had been 
trying to figure out as a business how we could help in Manchester um, with folks who don't have stable housing. There are customers, to be honest, you know, there are folks who are coming in and don't have enough money to finish a load. And so we've been struggling for a while to figure out, you know, is it a voucher program? What's the best way for us to help? So we saw this as, you know, a community investment that was worth making as a business. And for me personally, it's very easy um, to make that investment. Yes. Well, I'm so glad you're bringing in these different kind of cross-sector looks because community isn't one pathway. It isn't one organization or sector. It's it's actually where those sectors overlap to create, you know, hospitable environments for everybody. And so I'm wondering then, obviously this costs money. How can, you know, these listeners who are hearing this podcast right now, how can they support this effort? Yeah, so we have had such a wonderful outpouring of support from the NHPR story and from the Manchester Inklink story that was shared so widely. Uh, so we've actually created an Amazon wish list. It has um, detergent on it. It has um, you know blankets, sort of more temporary blankets. It has a number of items, razors, things that you know, basic hygiene items, uh, things that our friends who make use of the labor, uh, the loads of love program have asked for. And so we've got a great Amazon wish list that we have had folks sending us for the last week or so right off of that. And that's that's actually the best way for folks to to help and support the program is to, you know, send us some detergent because that's that will help us sort of take up we right now support the program with both people and detergent. And so detergent. <laughs> That's a great way people can help. But I'll, I'll share that link with you for the Amazon wish list. There's a number of other items on it as well. Well, Kristen, I so appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. And I so appreciate this program. It's near and dear to my heart. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for asking about it. It, it has meant everything in the world that people care about this work that we're doing. So I'm, I'm really appreciative. And to learn more about Wash Street, you can visit washstreet.com. That's washstreet.com. Many thanks to the Samuel P. Hunt Foundation for sponsoring this podcast. Established in 1951, Samuel P. Hunt Foundation is a Manchester-based, independent nonprofit that provides grants primarily for the arts, children and youth services, faith-based organizations, educational institutions, healthcare, and human services. New Hampshire Family Now is listed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and more. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or ask your smart speaker to play New Hampshire Family Now.